Hello, everybody. Welcome to Heads Up Hockey once again. And this is your host, Jersey Joe, once again. And it is Friday. By the time you look at this episode, maybe there will be a few trades made already, maybe a big couple of splashes. Well, what am I referring to? Yes, just like in the latest episode of Heads Up Hockey. And I will tell you more about what could go down, what can happen, what can affect, you know, the standings. And as I mentioned before, you know, the Devils are coming off a loss versus uh, St. Louis. It was like, what, 4-2? Now they're looking to gain their footing against the Pittsburgh Penguins at PPG Paints Arena. And it's going to be an interesting game. And I'm not sure if the Devils will pull the trigger because you just don't know what uh, Mike Greer in San Jose is thinking and if he'll say yes to a deal right away. And if there is a trade that does break, I will do my best to cover it, break it down, so on and so forth. However, there is some interesting uh, tidbits in this um, NHL goal race. And as we sit at this moment in time, Connor McDavid has 42 goals. David Pasternak has 39 for the Boston Bruins. Jack Hughes has 35. And Jason Robertson has 34. And it's just insane. And even Miko Rantan has 34. And Bo Horvath has 34. And just looking at this 21-year-old phenom, I know he's coming back from injury. He likely suits up versus Pittsburgh, if not maybe versus Montreal on Tuesday. And I don't want to come off biased, but his productivity rate, if you look at the points per game, I mentioned to a couple colleagues of mine, and I said, look, Jack Hughes is the seventh most efficient player in points per game in the NHL. And he's not even Sidney Crosby nor Connor McDavid's age. Wait until he hits double prime. And, and I talk about different stages of players' careers, what age they're at. Um, when Jack hits 25 to 31, that's usually when I think when the meat of your career is. And then anything 31 and later is to see how effective you are uh, at the end of your last, like maybe couple contracts or last contract, depending on the player. But Jack Hughes is one of those special breeds already. Like he's already scored a 1.34 points per game. And he is... One, two, three, four. He's the fifth best left-handed shot uh, skater in this game. And he is certainly determined to be 
a big time threat for a long, long time in the garden state of hockey. And yes, I did just say that, but it really is a key push forward. And as guys like uh, Alexander Ovechkin, Sidney Crosby, Evgeny Malkin slowly begin to retire, you're going to see a, a huge shift in the way the Metropolitan plays out. And yeah, I mean, if you look at the Atlantic with Boston, you know, they are trying to push for Gip Chikrin. And yes, he is a very good defenseman, but I will say this Boston is trying to make that last and final push towards another Stanley Cup since 2011 when they had Tim Thomas on that team and Milan Lucic, so on and so forth. And I think this is going to be probably the last hurrah for that Bruins team. And I will be there versus the Montreal Canadiens. Like I said earlier, I expect Montreal to play a really good game. But at the same time, I do expect the Devils to put up more goals than they usually do against a uh, bottom team. And I have respect for Montreal. They have had um, players slash coaches work for the Devils and the organization and a lot of Quebecers that have come and gone into the organization in New Jersey. So guys like Jacques Lemaire, Larry Robinson, he may not be a Quebecer, but he played in Quebec. And they both influenced uh, the New Jersey Devils in the past and the present, um, where they get their identity from. But now with Coach Lindy Ruff, I do have a few um, things to say. He's gotten a lot of help with uh, Alain Nazardin. Uh, you can add, what is it, Coach Taylor still on the bench. You have Andrew Burnett really improving the power play. It's vastly improved uh, year over year. And I certainly see Rogalski has kept the goaltending in check. And goaltending has been a big Achilles heel for this Devils team and Vanacek. At times, Blackwoods looked good, really good. And some, like the other game versus St. Louis, um, he just wasn't getting enough uh, defense uh, in front of him. And guys like Kevin Ball and Damon Severson were having uh, bad defensive lapses, and they weren't clearing the crease enough. And that caused them the game along with Miles Wood. And I want to talk about that. Yes, if I was able to move Miles Wood for something, I would at least get a seventh-round pick uh, to get something in return, even though his value is very low. Now, with that being said, I would happily uh, have to lose his salary anyway because his contract's up. And 
the Devils did send down Alexander Holtz. And yes, they said he needs to play more games in the AHL. No, duh. You have to play. And you got to get your confidence back, your game back. <clears throat> and I think he's going to be gone um, in that Timo Meyer deal. And it's very likely he, Riley Walsh, the 2023 first, and Kevin Ball are looking like they're labeled to go the opposite way. Meanwhile, the doubles throw in like an Andreas Janssen type player to reduce the cap hit of Timo Meyer. And that I think is a, a good starter. And James Nichols did say that um, from Elliot Freeman talking to uh, Tom Fitzgerald, the Devils GM saying that Simon Nemec and Luke Hughes are all off the table. And I completely agree with that because we need to have some sort of pipeline intact and you don't want to diminish all that. You don't want to ruin too much of a good thing. Now, I am not a fan of getting older, older players like a Patrick Kane. Patrick Kane's years are long gone. He has made it clear that he wants to play for a team like the Rangers or the Buffalo Sabres. And that last part is because he's from upstate New York in the Buffalo area. And I would say this. I mean, if you're in your last couple years in the league, why not go play for your hometown team and take a, and uh, have some of your salary retained? just to be at home and, you know, try getting on a playoff team like the Buffalo Sabres. Um, the New York Rangers did turn them down in that one trade when they got Tarasenko. So as of this time, it's Carolina with 80 points, the Devils with 75, the Rangers with 72. Now, Take a good gander. Pittsburgh, Washington have 63 and 62 points in the wild card. So the Devils are a good 12, 13 points ahead of the wild card players. So that's a good thing. And that's a kind of cushion, you know, when the Devils went on that. 13-game win streak, it helped build a cushion. And <clears throat> we made it past American Thanksgiving. We made it through Valentine's Day. It's safe to say those three teams of the Metro are making the playoffs easily. Um, I will go on to say this. Florida and the Islanders, Detroit, Buffalo, and maybe Ottawa. Ottawa is like the team that you kind of cut right there if they go on a big losing streak and teams like Buffalo, Detroit, um, the Islanders and Florida Panthers, they, they can easily buy and sell 
but they're going to try and improve that team to win more games and try and win a wild card spot. So really it only comes down to the two teams, which is going to, you know, seesaw. Now that's going to make the trade front a little harder for some other GMs who are in buy, buy, buy mode. But the sell the sellers right now, like the Philadelphia Flyers, they would have to make up a, a what eight point deficit and a seven point deficit for Ottawa, but it's really if you're really for within four points of a wild card spot, it's more realistic for those teams to be buyers. That's why stopped at Ottawa. So any team like Ottawa, Philly, Montreal, Columbus, your season is pretty much uh, about the NHL draft lottery. And now it's going to be interesting looking at the Western Conference, Dallas, Winnipeg, you have Colorado. They're all sitting good right now, but you have the Pacific with Vegas, Seattle, and the Kings. Those teams from that part of the Western Conference can't sleep too cozy at night because someone's either one point or five points out on them, something like that. Calgary is trying to make the most of this trade deadline. I know that it's been a hard year for Jonathan uh, Uberdo and a couple other pieces from that Matthew Kachuk trade. So it's really taken a toll on Mackenzie Weger uh, in that deal. So it's really hard when you get a change of scenery, but maybe next season they both pick it up. But uh, Nashville is five points out at this time of this recording. Now, I just see that the Blues are still remaining competitive, but, but, here's the catch. Here's the catch. Buchnevich, Barbashev, Ryan O'Reilly, those three are mentioned to be sold by NHL trade deadline on March 3rd. So what this means is that St. Louis is looking to build up the draft pick covers. They're trying to get, you know, a really good uh, top 16 pick in this year's draft. This year's draft class is looking really good with a lot of wingers and centers. Now, defensemen, maybe not as much, but there are some gems. And when I go take a look acting, and by the way, I just match some of the videos I've watched. And for you, I'll do like a comparison of last year's players and try and get an idea of where we're at. To the trade deadline, 
you know, a lot of uh, they're going to look really hard like Anaheim will and Chicago. They've been in draft mode a while. Arizona, you know, they're really digging for one. And just everyone at the bottom. It's just it's just a fight till the lottery and the league is gonna use and by the way, there's a PA uh, union leader now. So the shell PA uh gonna take effect in March and it's the former labor secretary to President Joe Biden. Uh so I said former because um, when it comes to joining the NHL or any other job, you have to move on from your old spot. So that being said, I look for wages and the cap to go up. And I do know that Bally Sports has a debt a little over 100 million, maybe 140 million around that ballpark. And I'm not sure if they can have a restructuring of other companies buying their streaming debt. So that way the cap for the NHL doesn't go down and it doesn't go too far up, but they keep it stable. So instead of it just going up a million dollars, maybe it goes up two to three million, no more. But eventually it goes up five million actually a year if something is sustainable. Now, let me log in to hockey prospecting and see what I. I can pull off the top of that Connor Bedard is the consensus number one pick. And you have Matt Vay-Michkov who might fall a little bit further because of the Russian effect, um, the contract, stuff like that. But he is supposedly a more power forward goal scorer type guy coming out of Russia, supposed to be the next best Russian player since Alexander Ovechkin. I've seen highlights of him, and he is a really serious, very determined competitor, really good skater, strong on his edges. It's just that once he gets more used to the KHL level and he starts learning to be more with the men's game, he's just going to take off because he was dominating the MHL and the VHL. And I usually specialize uh, when it comes to the European players. And I want to go over to Leo Carlson in Sweden. And he's starting to, he reminds me of a very high octane, uh, more raw version of Jesper Bratt with the speed and the skills, the hands, the eyes. Uh, he's got a lot of the facets already. And I think the way it's going to be, any team that picks him up, they're going to get a nice superstar in the making. And maybe a team like Chicago gets him 
to replace a Patrick Kane long-term, maybe a Jonathan Taves, uh, who knows. But that's just me just knowing that off the top of my head. And Delibor Dvorsky, uh, the next best thing out of Slovakia since Simon Nemec, he looks like a type of uh, center who can really, really shoot the puck, be a sniper, and be able to get a lot of things done effectively. And I see a lot of upside with him, and he's supposed to be the next uh, version of what Marion Gabrick was. And if he does break a lot of records for a Slovak forward, I think he will have a really good career. Maybe if he wins a cup or a few, maybe you'll start looking at the Hosa type situation. But I don't like to really do that because every player is unique. Every player's um, future is played out a little bit differently. Some players stay with one team. Some players go to a bunch of teams. Some players stay with a team their whole career. And it's not that easy to do, but just even the great ones. Um, I know because of the famous trade that sent Wayne Gretzky to the LA Kings, even he couldn't stay with the Edmonton Oilers. There was a money situation back then. Uh, because the owner, um, if it were if they had a cap back then, I doubt he gets traded right away. But it's made it a little bit more complicated to move him. But that's a different argument for another day. You know, the Devils, the Rangers, Island, the Rangers and Islanders got their big guns already. But the Devils are trying to make the most out of a big acquisition. The Devils have been saving some assets over the years. And they're looking to really get out of the... We have Jack Hughes. We have Nico Heischer, uh, Pallad-type situation. They want to take more strains off and start pushing a few guys down. And I mentioned in an upcoming article about a couple of players from St. Louis who could perfectly fit in New Jersey because <coughs> they need to have players that will supplement the second, third lines, and that could push other guys down to the fourth line, so on and so forth. However, when Luke Hughes makes it from NCAA hockey with uh, the Frozen Four playoffs. Who knows if he makes it all the way? Who knows if Michigan knocks out of the first round? I think it's unlikely Michigan gets knocked out of the first round. Uh, I tend to believe that when Nemech gets called up, it's because a guy like Damon Severson gets moved. And... The way the Devils are trying to infer about not just the trades, but free agency. 
David Severson I mentioned and Ryan Graves are up with contracts. And I think they're going to ask for more money than what they want. And I would like to keep Graves a little bit longer, maybe another year or two. And if Brendan Smith does leave, uh, like if the Devils cut him in the middle of next season because he underperforms and Luke Hughes and maybe uh, Simon Nemach take up the fifth and sixth spots on defense and Nikita Ohotuk uh, does a much better job. I would definitely like to see what happens um, with that. I know Ohotuk is learning to do more of the uh, intangibles, small intangibles, being able to not just clear the crease, but, you know, covering his man a little bit more, not leading to more open ice breakaways and odd man rushes. You know, this is something that the Devils are trying to work with those players on the farm team in Utica and with guys like Luke, he's coming up from the NCAA D1 and usually D1 defensemen take not that much longer, but they get accustomed a little bit quicker. But I think when the Devils do make those executive decisions, it's going to take a lot less time for them to really take part in being part of the team assimilation. So with that being mentioned, so the Devils right now, they have Dougie Hamilton performing to a high standard with 52 points in 54 games. That's almost a point per game and plus 17. So really, he's having a banner year. And Jack Hughes is just off the charts phenomenal this year. 35 goals, 32 assists. Um, If he comes back and stays healthy and he starts just dominating and the team starts feeding off him and they get a Timo Meyer type player, maybe a Barbashev, maybe a Buchnevich, the Devils, I can definitely see them making a lot of damage in that area. And I wouldn't be surprised if they made a trade to get a defenseman but it will be interesting to see what they can do. And the Devils have one of the deepest prospect pools, not to brag, but it is mentioned that they do have the second best prospect pool, according to the athletic. So I think I touched on a lot today. And for those of you, don't forget to like, subscribe, and hit that thumbs up button right there. It is a free thing you can do to help support the channel. If you want to submit ideas, go ahead. Um, This is also on anchor.fm, YouTube, and some other podcatchers that you know and love. And to my international listeners and my domestic viewers from the United States and Canada and Europe, wherever you are, Don't be afraid to 
Um, submit any questions uh, anytime you want. I'm at uh, jerseyjoe11 underscore NJ, if I remember that correctly. jerseyjoe11 underscore NJ. Yep, that's my Twitter. And don't be afraid to message me anytime you want. And I am also a contributor for Pucks and Pitchforks. And don't be afraid to say hello and read any of my articles. Until next time, bye-bye.